0: Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and you've tuned into an after episode with my friend and colleague who recently gave birth to twins, Dr. Suzanne frank Mercer. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: You sound very relaxed, despite all the chaos. I try. <laughs> You're doing a good job. So when we left you, you were all uh, pregnant with twins.
1: Yeah, I think it was two weeks out, if that.
0: Yeah, well, it was very close the to the birthday. <laughs> and twins usually come on the early side, but yours did not.
1: No, um, we did decide to induce, and we did that at 38 weeks and two days. But I probably could have pushed it longer. I was just so ready you... for them to come out. So physically, physically, I wasn't even uncomfortable till the last couple weeks. Um,
0: I know it's incredible how you were just like sporting through it. You're working <laughs> on people. Pregnant with twins, like pretty far into it. Yeah. And uh, just always a smile. Just you never look like you were breaking a sweat. Not a lot of grunting and moaning, you know, <laughs> just like doing your thing. And then at the very, very end, you finally look like you were pregnant with twins.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we did. We decided to induce and it was kind of nice knowing that it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and when it was going to happen, and also, um, I think at that point i I really, really wanted to have a vaginal birth, so I didn't they were really good weights already. So I guess we figured that why let them get bigger and risk that not happening.
0: Did your doctor have any criteria for delivering twins vaginally?
1: So when I went in for my eleven week appointment, my first appointment with him, I asked certain questions that people probably don't even think of till later on. Like, for example, if one of the babies was breached, would he still let me try to deliver vaginally? Um, At what point they would decide to do an induction and also even his rate of doing uh, C-section twin births versus vaginal. I wanted someone with experience with vaginal twin births so that I knew that it was a possibility for me. Um, And he said that as long as baby A was head down and baby B wasn't bigger, that we could attempt vaginal. Okay, and, so that's not a
0: lot of criteria.
1: Yeah, and the other one was that at 38 weeks, we would talk about induction, and that's exactly what we that's ended what up happened. doing. Yeah, and baby B was transverse, so baby B was not head down. So it was like a T? Yeah, she was so high up in my ribs that when they had to put monitors on me, the um, her heart rate monitor was literally under my right boob.
0: Oh, wow, that's high up. <laughs> yeah her heart. Um, <laughs> uh, So. Okay. So yeah. at 38 weeks, is your body kind of showing signs of going to labor at all?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, 38 weeks was a Saturday. So I had an appointment that Monday, um, 38 weeks, two days. And the plan was that night we would induce. So at the appointment, I kind of told myself in my head, if I'm not showing any signs of being ready, then maybe I'll ask to push it a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was dilated a centimeter and I was effaced. Mostly. So, um, yeah, so we decided to go ahead with it.
0: So what methods of induction did you use? What
1: methods? Um, Well, (laughs) we we did do Pitocin. We started with Pitocin and the Foley balloon, which... Foley
0: balloon first and then Pitocin? Or...
1: I want to say it was simultaneous. Oh, all at the same time? Yeah, I think they started me on really low dose Pitocin and the Foley because... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was simultaneous. Okay. Could be wrong, but yeah, because the, then the Foley balloon ended up coming out the next morning, and I definitely had been on the Pitocin all night. Okay. Um, and well, it sounds really fun, a balloon, but it's, there's <laughs> nothing fun about it.
0: It doesn't have like cute little markings on it? <laughs> Happy Labor Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was it like when they placed it?
1: Um, the placing, it's not bad, but then they, they tell you we're going to come tug on it every whatever it is, every hour or so. And so I thought that would be like a, a light pull, mm-hmm. no. but they actually come and like tug on it.
0: No, see if, the, see if it comes out. I mean, I guess the idea is that um, they could get it behind your cervix and then so they want to they fill it up with uh, fluid so that it's it's about maybe four centimeters.
1: Yeah, I think it ends up coming out. I was three centimeters, three but four I think centimeters in size.
0: So when they tug on it and it just comes out, then we know that or three or four centimeters already uh but yeah they i think they're also trying to like stretch out your cervix a little bit and get those hormones releasing
1: yeah um so is it
0: physically painful because of the tugging or was it the reaction the hormonal reaction that
1: i think it was physically painful
0: just the tug
1: um and here we are tugging s- your balloon <laughs> <Again>. yay <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> um When they started me on the Pitocin, it was pretty low dose. And overnight, because we started at 9 p.m., I checked in. Um, Overnight, I kept kind of putting off the increases. I I would ask them to wait longer just because I wanted to see if my body would kind of kick into gear.
0: Were you feeling contractions?
1: I was, but I was comfortable enough to kind of relax a little, if you could say relax, during all this. Mm -hmm. Um, The worst part, which I think helped the pain or the feelings of contractions was the belts for the monitors.
0: That was the it was most uncomfortable? so, huh? so terrible. Because you have three belts, I We guess.
1: had three, but my belly was like such a beach ball that they had to put two belts for each thing.
0: Oh, so it's six.
1: Yeah. It was five or six, and they were so tight, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Oh, yeah. But they wouldn't really try to loosen them for me. But once in a while they did. um, And then the monitors would slip. So then I would just have to tighten them right back up. And Mm. I remember I kept asking for a 10-minute reprieve.
0: (laughs) Just to get off the monitors for a (laughs) bit. They wouldn't do it. Was that that sort of their protocol is to have constant monitoring throughout the labor? Is that because of the twins or because of the induction or both?
1: Both. Well, once you're on Pitocin, they have to do it. Mm. And um, I think they do have some wireless ones. But not for twins. Not double, no.
0: At that particular hospital, I don't believe they have a way to monitor both babies. Although there are, because some of the other hospitals have telemetry that can monitor both heartbeats.
1: Yeah, I did ask about that. But I I remember that that was the worst part, that they were, like, digging into me. At the same time, though, I think it, it helped confused my brain of other things that were going on. Oh, interesting. Um, because I ended up going to a level 18 on Pitocin before I got an epidural. Unmedicated? Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> could you see on the monitor how the, the contractions were building?
1: Yeah, and I could feel it too. It was not fun. Um, it was really intense. But I also... And my mind had built up epidurals so much that I think I just had a big fear of them.
0: Were you hoping to do Um, it with no epidural all the way through?
1: A part of me knew that because I was induced with the drugs that that was an unrealistic expectation. But I think that I just had this fear of it and the big needle, Mm -hmm. even though I had talked through it. A lot. Oh, it was more,
0: more about the needle for you. Yeah. My wife was like that, too, on the first one.
1: Yeah. Um, I was like,
0: why would you have it on medicated birth? We're not like, you know, super crunchy granola. She's like, uh, yeah, I don't want a big giant needle in my spine. I'm like, oh, <laughs> point <laughs> that, taken. I mean, that was my
1: original thought. But once it was twins and had to be medicated in some way, uh-huh. then. What does that mean?
0: Had to be. Oh, you mean because of the, the induction. induction. Oh. And
1: so anyway, once I got it, it was like magic.
0: Oh, well, just everything relaxed.
1: Yeah. Cuz by the time when I actually asked for it, I really really needed it.
0: Yeah. And and also you weren't really able to walk around. It sounds like.
1: No, I could go to the bathroom once in a while, but um,
0: just by unplugging the monitors and Yeah, they were the pole them for with that, you. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, but so you're not like walking the halls and and just, you know, getting into all these different positions that potentially can help you.
1: No, I think my doula came, um, she didn't come till the next morning. And at that point, we did try to move around a little bit. Oh my God, it's all such a blur. I did attempt to do some different positions, but by that point, the contractions were crazy. Because on Pitocin, they're just boom.
0: Yeah, they're boom. T- tends to be stronger, longer, and closer together.
1: Um, and those monitors. <laughs> So <laughs> tight. I know. Layers of discomfort for you. <laughs> so.
0: Interesting. I mean, uh, we'll keep progressing your story and find out what happens next. But uh, it just goes through my mind a little bit because you're also a doula.
1: Yeah.
0: So is it a little trippy to be the one being doula um
1: Yeah, it was. And also just to be on the other side of it because I've been to many births and being in it was just so different you know because you can see a woman in pain or in discomfort dealing with all the stuff and comfort her through but when it's yourself it kind of goes out the window almost
0: mm-hmm. um, everything you know about how to I mean how to all the coping things Or yeah
1: I mean even just breathing techniques and <laughs> it's hard to concentrate on anything yeah but when she got there she did definitely um help me I mean I'm so thankful I had her there
0: Were they um, monitoring your cervical progression along the way?
1: They were, um, although they didn't check me again until, I guess, after the Foley balloon um, came out. Then they checked me, and then my doctor came, and, oh, my God, it's just all such a blur now. So they checked me then, and at that point, that was around 9 or 10 in the morning. Then they definitely started increasing the Pitocin more, more regularly.
0: It's already twelve hours after you checked in.
1: Mhm. And then um
0: Do you know roughly what time you got the epidural? And
1: oof, it's been four months. Um
0: <laughs> And do you know how far along you were?
1: I know that after I got the epidural and then like an hour later I was at ten centimeters. Oh wow.
0: Yeah. So you were like I mean I know you're on pit, but you were transitioning, it sounds like
1: Mm-hmm, pretty soon after that. Yeah, pretty soon after that. I remember um, I got it, and then I uh, I didn't know what I was supposed to be feeling. <laughs> I started telling them I was feeling the contractions in my butt, and so they checked me, and I was at 10 centimeters. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So you can still feel stuff.
1: Yeah, it felt a lot of pressure still. And you then... didn't
0: feel the contractions, but you can feel that kind of rectal pressure?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: So, But you were otherwise still comfortable.
1: I was otherwise still pretty comfortable. Willie went home and uh, what?
0: Itchy. Did you have the itch Itchy. response to the epidural?
1: No, but I did. Um, I guess it was while I was transitioning. I felt like I had to throw up. Mm. Well, and I did throw up. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Twice, one for each baby. <laughs>
1: In my hair. Oh no. Um. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, Willie had gone home because we thought it was gonna be. You know, it's more time. So I had to call him and tell him I was at 10 centimeters. And oh, that wow. That's a rough call to get. Come back. <laughs> yeah. But we still had time. He came back, and uh, I think the baby still had to come down more. I ended up pushing the first one for about three hours. Oh, wow. Anyway, so.
0: <laughs> wow, that's a lot of pushing.
1: That's a lot of pushing.
0: Do they take you to the OR for pushing?
1: So he had me do most of it in the regular labor room, mm-hmm. and then – Thank God he believed in me because I, I feel like any other doctor or many other doctors would have tried to call it and say, let's just, you know, do the C-section and get the baby out. Right. But I didn't want him to even use the word in the room. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but for me, that was not an option.
0: Right. It's not what you're planning for.
1: Um. So, yeah, I, I pushed in the room for a while, and there were um, a lot of people. And then – What do you mean a
0: lot of people? <laughs>
1: I mean, there was my doctor, there was my doula, there was my husband, there was a student doctor, maybe he was a fellow, I don't know. Um, Helpful Honda guy. And there was one or two nurses. It just felt like a lot of people were there. Did they have the
0: pediatric teams in that room with you?
1: Well, then we switched to the OR room where there were like 20 people. (laughs) Because each baby gets their own
0: pediatric team.
1: And there's an anesthesiologist, there's a second OB, there's bunch of students who want to watch, you know, a partially breached delivery.
0: Oh, right, because you're a second baby. Ooh, mm-hmm. there's so much to get through still. Yeah. Uh, and then also sometimes they bring up the lunch lady in case you get uh, from the cafeteria.
1: <laughs> I was sneaking food during during labor. <laughs> Every time they would walk out of the room, I would, uh, I had a lot of um, juices with me, like <laughs> well, green juices. You can have juice. And, well, they said it wasn't clear. It wasn't so. clear enough? Oh. And I had... Well, <laughs> I had a lot of random snacks. I'd ask Willie to pass me. Oh.
0: Um, Man, if I ever gave birth, I'd come in with duffel bags from all the different eateries. (sighs) It's probably not going to happen. But it's back to you. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, yeah, at the end, when they could start to see the baby almost crowning, like, they could see that she would come around the rim and come out, um, they wheel you, they give you more drugs, and then... Why more drugs? Well, like, they am... I guess they just... They definitely did give me something more at the end there.
0: For pain? I think they. Was it wearing off after three hours of pushing?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I was still attached to the epidural, but they did give me something. Some Because kind of, I felt a little woozy and like.
0: Was it more happy-ish. of a calming med? Maybe they gave me so. anti- something to calm me down. Anti anxious, anti anxiety med, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and
1: mm. I don't remember what right now. That's but probably,
0: but, it, then it did its job. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, then we you went to You could have had an, a little <laughs> amnesic in there. No no kidding. they they sometimes give you medicines that are really? like, yeah,
1: <laughs> I feel like i I mean, I remember the whole thing, but at the same time, it's all a blur, yeah, you know, so um, I think a lot
0: of people feel that way, though, even when it's unmedicated,
1: yeah, it's true. It's you've got your own drugs floating around, so surreal. So we go in the o r.
0: That must and have been exciting, though, because knowing that the baby, like, is making progress. Oh, my like, gosh,
1: because we were pushing for so long that I was so discouraged. They would tell me the baby was coming close, and I really thought they were lying to me to make me keep going.
0: So close, we could feel it. We could see it. And then it's, like, two, It's hard, because
1: usually when you're pushing, they tell you to hurl over, um, like, to bend, and then your uterus contracts around the baby to help push it out. But I had another baby, baby in, my in my ribs, <laughs> so, couldn't so I it? couldn't bend over, oh. and my uterus couldn't really contract around that one baby. Ew. Interesting. So it was hard. And so, yeah, so then the first one, um, she came out pretty quickly after we were in the OR. And they took her, you know, with the first pediatric team. Well, they put her on my chest, but the um, umbilical cord was actually kind of short.
0: Oh, so you didn't have a lot of So, around.
1: yeah, so she wasn't on my chest for very long. And then also, they were trying to get the other baby out, and I was so uncomfortable because you had more work to do. I felt a lot of pressure. So I said, just please take her away. Not you know exactly that way. I was very happy to have her on me, but I told my husband to go with them and to just like yell to me that she had ten fingers and ten toes (laughs) and that everything was okay. But they're
0: in the same room. They're just not right next to you. It's a big room, but
1: yeah. yeah, So they were across the room. Mm -hmm. I could definitely not see what was happening over there because there was people all around me. Right. Um, So then they, uh, the monitor. I guess they couldn't. They weren't finding the heartbeat on the other baby, so they took the ultrasound machine out. And so she's transverse. So basically, what they had to do, this is graphic, but they had to stick arms up me to find her legs. Oh, wow. To um, so find her legs? Because they were going to pull her out by her Breach. legs. Okay. And so uh, two different doctors tried to find her legs, and they did finally. At the same time? No. Okay. So. I think my doctor did. This is what I remember. It could be different, but he didn't find them right away. So then this woman doctor, she tried, and she said, I found the legs. And then he somehow got the legs from her.
0: Well, that sounds so weird.
1: It was so weird. And I'm just feeling pressures and hearing this going on. And I just was like, please just get me out healthy. The ex- Maybe
0: that's where the extra <laughs> dose of drugs, because yeah. they knew that was going to Yeah, they definitely a- knew that was coming. Right.
1: So they um, pulled her out, and she actually was shocked when she came out. So her immediate APGAR score is only a three. Oh, wow. And they just had to smack her on a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then she was a nine. Oh, wow. Um, at the second
0: one. I should try that with my kids. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: what was, I mean, one you pushed out and one was pulled out of you. Yeah. Did it, I mean, it must have felt different to you.
1: Well, I mean, the first one I had to work so hard for. And the second one, basically, I was just laying there and they were doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to... Stay calm. I Relax. mean, my doula was there. So it was – thank God I had her because my husband was across the room. Right. And she was there by my side. So she – luckily – you know, no one told me that the baby came out kind of purple because mm-hmm. that probably would have freaked me out. Yeah, honestly. freak anybody out. Um, Yeah, so my doula was there kind of calming me down and, you know, whatever. Not that I was that uncalm, <laughs> but she was just, you know, telling me everything would be okay so, and holding my hand. So they
0: took that baby – like, team two they, took that baby right the away. The first
1: baby, they delayed the cord clamping like I wanted. And the second baby, they had to take her away right away. And just
0: go uh, give immediate yeah. care. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. All right. And they both turned out fine. Yeah. They're both perfect. adorable. Thank God. Uh, wow. That's quite the story. I'm going to um, come right back with you because then I want to find out what happened next right <laughs> away. But then also, like, what early uh, early parenting is like with a uh, couple of babies all at the same time. Yeah. Come right back. We're going to be talking to Suzanne Frank Mercer. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Berlin, and I want to talk to you about something that is close to my heart. Literally. Omega-3. It's a crucial nutrient that's sadly overlooked. With 95% of women deficient, Needed, the supplement brand I trust, created their brand new Omega-3 soft gels. Designed by perinatal experts, they support you and your baby's well-being from fertility to pregnancy and beyond. Unlike other brands, Needed's Omega-3 is sustainable, pesticide-free, and third-party tested for purity. Plus, my favorite, it has a milder taste and smell, perfect for sensitive mamas. Don't wait. Visit thisisneeded.com and use code BERLIN to get 20% off your initial order. Experience the Needed difference. Consciously crafted for your health and the planet. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to Suzanne Frank-Mercer. So, you popped out some twins. <laughs> popped out the
1: twins. What happens
0: over the next hour, right? First, okay, before we even get there, what happens with the placentas?
1: Um, I decided to keep them.
0: Does it come baby placenta, baby placenta, or baby, baby placenta, placenta? Um... You were sleepy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I felt them stitching me up, oh. so I was not really. Oh, you really... did? <laughs> oh. um, Do you tear a lot? It was only second degree, so it okay. was pretty normal. But I think it was baby, baby, and then the placentas. Because I I want to say by the end they had kind of started to fuse together.
0: Oh, the placentas? Yeah. That's sort of cute. Yeah.
1: yeah. No? <laughs> really, really cute. Um. I don't know.
0: Love, bonding.
1: And I think that my.
0: You kept them to like eat them? Or?
1: I did. We made capsules. I actually didn't end up using them though.
0: Oh, really? You must have a lot with all those blisters. I have so many capsules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still have them and I have tinctures.
0: Oh, you made tinctures. So that's going to last both. for a long time.
1: Yeah, I made both. I also made my mom a tincture. But oh, I didn't really? give it to her yet. Maybe I will. For Mother's song. Day?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, they say it's good for menopause. So. You made me,
0: so I made you this. <laughs> Uh yeah. So what happens in the first hour afterwards? They're stitching you up from the
1: Um Yeah, so they will you back, I guess, to the uh labor room at first, not the recovery room yet. And my doula did help me latch them right away. Both? Separately, but both.
0: One than the other, you mean? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um and they did both latch. Um and I guess I was still on pain med, so I didn't realize how painful it was. Um the, latching, because it, the
0: contractions because the, of the The latching, Baby or? latching. Oh, the, I, I, you it, mean at your breast?
1: Yeah, because it turned out that they both had tongue ties and they, like, tore me up. Oh, right. You went to see Dr. Um, Chelsea Pinto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was wonderful. our episode
0: on tongue tie and lip tie with Dr. Chelsea Pinto.
1: Oh, she was on. this awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was great. Oh, I thought
0: you heard it. She's amazing.
1: No. I should listen. <laughs> um, but they both latched right away, which was amazing. Mm. And, um, oh, yeah, they were really good sizes, so they didn't have to go to the NICU or anything. Um, six, one and 5'4.
0: Ooh, that's great.
1: So, yeah, so they were good. And uh, what else? Oh, the best thing ever was that um, someone in the room ended up having a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) It was the best sandwich I've ever tasted. Uh,
0: The greatest thing about my birth was this sandwich (laughs) that randomly ended up there.
1: I was so hungry. You ran a marathon. <laughs> you too. Um <laughs> I mean,
0: three hours of pushing that's gotta be a lot of an energy. Plus you got all the way to like nine, seven at least seven centimeters on your own with no drugs. That's also a lot of energy exertion. Even when you're yeah. like doing a great job, you know, and riding it well and you're fairly comfortable, uh it's still a lot of energy.
1: Yeah. And the pushing was is a lot. And then it's you somehow, hard. Like, it doesn't Look as hard as it actually is, I don't think um it looks yeah, hard the to sandwich me. was <laughs> <laughs> sandwich is really good, and mm. it just I had these two beautiful babies, and it was just i felt like I had waited so long for them, and then they were there, and they were mine. it was yeah. crazy. It's still crazy every day I like pinch myself, can't believe it's real
0: you you had uh, a long journey to get there,
1: yeah, and uh, you mm. know they were healthy, and they. They were doing great.
0: What's um? How, how long were you in the hospital?
1: I gave birth around nine fifteen on Tuesday night, and they released me Thursday afternoon.
0: Okay, so, so not, not very long, about the same as uh, single thing.
1: Yeah, not very long at all, and um, it's it's kind of a shock to leave because they give you twenty four seven, you know, care, care, and they'll like take your babies at night and just bring them to you when you need them if and... you want to. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm saying they give you the option. Oh, yeah.
1: They, you know, they don't need to take them away. But um, my husband ended up uh, going home for part of the night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was not really in a place to be able to take care of them on my own. Oh, no, so. I'm just saying
0: this part, some hospitals yeah. have one choice or the other. This mm-hmm. hospital is both.
1: It was really nice, yeah. So I knew that they were safe and I could actually sleep for a little while. But at the time, I was trying to breastfeed and then pump and then feed them what I had pumped. So between doing all of that, there wasn't really actually much time to sleep.
0: You know, it's, it's just flashing back for me that during this whole – because you were there for roughly 24 hours before the babies came out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 9 yeah. to 9. So we knew you were going in. You texted, hey, we're going in. And you're all smiley and happy. Thumbs up. Um, and then along the way, you were still sending texts for a, a while, once in a while. Little messages, probably, yeah. and you know, us, all of us at the office, we're trying to go about because uh, we work together. All of us at the office were trying to go about our day, but like there's, there's an update from Suzanne. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to focus, uh, and then when the babies came, we we're all just we weren't even there, and we we're all weepy. Oh.
1: yeah. I mean, it's I definitely cried <laughs> a cried lot of times in those you. first forty eight hours and since.
0: How was the uh, first few months of, it, like, it just everyone I talked to who has twins, especially the first two, they describe it as sort of like semi-organized chaos uh, and trying to just manage two needy customers at the same time.
1: Yeah. Um, thankfully, I had really good help right away. I had a postpartum doula lined up and a night nurse, um, so I texted them from the hospital so that they would be at my house when I got home for the postpartum doula and that night for the um, night nurse. So that made that transition a lot more doable because, you know, you go from the 24-7 care at the hospital to home where you're like, oh, my gosh, now I just have to take care of these two babies. right? Um, and they both had really good experience with um, twins, like extensive experience. So they had a lot of confidence, and it gave me confidence. And... um my postpartum doula was great. She isn't the type to kind of just tell you what to do. She just leads by sort of what what your wishes are. But also she could answer any question I had. And if she couldn't, she was honest about it. You know, like she helped me give them their first sponge baths. And she would hold both of them at the same time, whereas I was just holding one so delicately. <laughs> and... um Yeah, and then at the time, I guess I was still trying to breastfeed because my um, original goal was to exclusively breastfeed. And then I was pumping, and then we were topping them off with bottles because they weren't getting enough food from the boob.
0: Oh, you were breastfeeding and topping them off with your breast milk in bottles?
1: Trying, but it wasn't coming in at first. But then, So I got home on a Thursday, and I actually had a lactation consultant come to my house Friday because I wanted to do that as soon as possible. So um, she was the first one to kind of notice, well, two things. First of all, that she thought they had tongue ties. And that's probably why they weren't getting good latches and I was in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And, and no um, more drugs
0: for you. So <laughs> you could feel it. She also,
1: <laughs> I guess I hadn't even, I don't usually take any medications. So I hadn't even thought when I got home, like, oh, I should continue to take Tylenol or something. Because um, in the hospital they were giving me ibuprofen or whatever, or whatever they were giving me. Um, so she asked me at that point, like, are you still taking something? And I said, no, I haven't since I left because it just doesn't cross my mind. But uh, she also told me that she, the babies were losing, like, close to the 10%, and they looked a little dehydrated. Mm-hmm. So I did have formula at home as a safety net. Mm-hmm. So we did start to supplement with that a little bit. I mean, at the time it was whatever it was, like 30 milliliters or 15 milliliters, I think, their first week. Just a little Which, extra, now,
0: some extra snacks.
1: Yeah, and um, they did really well with it, no issues. And then, well, then my milk finally came in, so we kind of, well, we continued to supplement even for the first month, and I continued to try to breastfeed. But then, what ended up happening with that, I mean, breastfeeding was not what I expected at all. I thought it was gonna. Well, I guess first of all, I've, you know, I know milk comes in, but no one really ever explains to me what that means. (laughs) And so, I mean, I knew what it means, but I didn't know how it felt, I guess. so. How how
0: did it feel um, indifferent to what you thought it would feel like? Yeah,
1: just overnight, your breasts grow like three sizes, and they're just so full and painful. So you're finally starting to feel a little better from the birth down below. (laughs) And then in the middle of the—it literally happened overnight. Wow. I woke up, and I was like, whoa, what happened there? And, um, you know, I couldn't really sleep on my side. Mm. (laughs) That only stays for a few days, and then your body regulates. It really only stayed for like two days. Um, but but it was also, a for you. yeah. And I thought that um, I would be able to tandem breastfeed easily, and you know, I was. I joined this group where a lot of women do it, so I thought that I kind of had the tools, and I bought the pillows. But it didn't really work out for me. Mm-hmm. And we got their tongue ties fixed on day six. But even so, so I exactly was diagnosed
0: like pretty early.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we months consultants
0: struggling and suffering without yeah. realizing what's going on.
1: But even after that, one of them I could latch pain free right away, and the other one it took three weeks until I could breastfeed her without like crying.
0: Without you crying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she was, <laughs> she was fine. She was fine. You were crying. Um, um, wow. So, but then after they were both pain free breastfeeding, you still had trouble tandem feeding.
1: I, yeah, I did, and which was kind of a blow because then they'd get hungry at the same time. You
0: can only feed one,
1: and you can only feed one at the same t- at at a time. So mm-hmm. I ended up having to give bottles because otherwise you're feeding one and the other one's crying, and you can't do that for thirty or twenty minutes. Do
0: you know why you you weren't able to? Uh,
1: I probably could have maybe put more pillows around me. You don't always have a second person to help to, like, hand you one.
0: Right. It seems like a lot of coordination. So It's, it's funny because in my mind you said, I thought I'd just be able to tandem feed easily. And I'm like, that does not seem easy <laughs> on any level.
1: Somehow <laughs> just some women just a make it look level.
0: easy. Uh, I don't know. Women make a lot of things look easy. but
1: I mean, it took me – I still – you know, it takes, like, two hands to latch one. And then if I take one of the hands off, the other they kind of fall off. So it's like a two-handed yeah. thing. So I just – maybe some some babies just – have it better. Yeah. Well, it could be and just some
0: babies. Too. Yeah, everyone's different. And what their size—they
1: um, were small, so they weren't even fitting on those pillows. Well, I probably needed five more pillows around me.
0: I mean, in uh, all areas of newborn care, every mother, every baby is different. Yeah. So you know, some things I'm sure you as a team were better at, and other things just may not may yeah. not have been right for you.
1: So I ended up uh, just pumping. And I would still try to breastfeed a few times a day.
0: Oh, you were pumping and, and not not feeding one, and pumping or? No, you I was. I would to pump and and bottle feed.
1: I would pump and bottle feed, and then I would still try to put them on a couple times a day because I still thought that you know maybe a few weeks from now I'll be able to tandem. Mm-hmm. Maybe like we'll both get better at it. Anyway, at this point I'm four months in and. I still do try to put them on sometimes. They still have it, but I'm basically exclusively pumping mm-hmm. at this point.
0: Oh, so they're having exclusively breast milk.
1: Yeah, as of um, they're 17 bottles. weeks now, and as of 10 weeks, oh, I was able to stop giving them formula altogether. It was about one. Growing and they're, growing, and they're of healthy.
0: It. Now they're big.
1: Yeah, I pump like 60 ounces a day. Oh my god. Um, <laughs>
0: moo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it feels that way sometimes.
1: Um. So yeah, so now they're getting exclusively breast milk, and it's incredible. Growing healthy, and not that there's anything wrong with any other way, but I like it this way. And they're doing great; they're thriving.
0: It's amazing what your body can do. Yeah. With one, and then with twins, like you're making enough f- <laughs> food for two people every day, um, two other people.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. But and also, I just I never even really had much in the way of cravings while I was pregnant, but now. I want to eat everything and all the chocolate cake and. Oh. Um,
0: Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's wild.
0: Uh, I probably need to hook some babies up to me and suck some calories out of them. Does that help? <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, in, in general, I mean, it's. Um, I feel like I'd be superwoman if I had one baby. I, I feel like I'd just be like so good at it. And with two, it's hard, you know, because you can't. You, know, I'm not an octopus.
0: No, I think one is hard, two is harder, and it's just, I'm sure you're doing an amazing job. You still, just like when you were pregnant, you know, very pregnant with twins, um, still smiley, still always have, a, you know, a happy approach and attitude to everything, and I know it's insanely hard work that you're doing still at four months.
1: Yeah, I think you just kind of figure out how to do everything. I do a bedtime routine now, so bath time... I'm really excited for when they can both sit up in ring seats and take a bath together.
0: Oh, right now it's one and one?
1: Yeah. So for now, I got a little space heater for the bathroom so I can have one ready to go in and one in. Mm-hmm. And then I just switch them out. out. Yeah. Oh, that's cool.
0: Uh, um, oh, be so fun when you can do it together. Yeah. Do so they sleep together?
1: They did, but now they can scooch around and they kick each other. Oh. Um, and one of them's about to roll from her back to her front. And then... um. You know, then there's all these other risks that come with it. Like they can suffocate each other if they move too far. You know, say she rolled over onto the other one somehow.
0: Did it take long for you to figure out which is which?
1: No, because one came out a pound bigger and now she's closer to two pounds bigger. Um, so So visible that in itself, bigger and smaller. Yeah. Um, other people get them mixed up. But. They also just carry themselves differently and definitely have different personalities already.
0: Yeah, that you can see. But someone who's not around them very often.
1: Yeah, I mean, by size, once you know which one's bigger and smaller, then you can tell once they're next to each other. But if they're separate, then it's harder for people to tell.
0: But you still always know.
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) No one's tried to trick me in a while, so.
0: (laughs) Well... It's always amusing to me because of my face blindness. Though. I can't even tell my kids apart. and They're not oh, twins. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about older. that. Yeah. Um, how about your physical recovery?
1: Um, I took really good care of myself pre-pregnancy and during pregnancy, which I think helped a lot. So I'm doing pretty well, all things considered, because mm-hmm. I'm bending over a lot and the pumping kind of forces you to slouch almost a little bit mm-hmm. and just carrying two babies all the time and lifting them. But uh, I'm doing pretty good. I have started going to the gym about two months ago. I'm doing light things. I Actually, maybe not because I started doing spinning classes. But, oh, wow. Um,
0: See, there I am feeling bad about myself again. Now you have <laughs> twins, like eight-week-old twins at home, and you're going to the gym. <laughs> and I'm not going to the gym. And you're working out and you're spinning
1: trying so i can eat all the chocolate cake oh
0: right Um, i'm eating all the chocolate cake i'm just not doing all the other stuff
1: i'm doing some foam rolling and stretching and uh steam room oh nice (laughs) and you know epsom salt baths just because i can't help but be in really awkward positions for a lot of the day like they're bottled before bed i have them in this really cool double it's like a double boppy it's called a twin z pillow Hmm. it's actually made for breastfeeding um, but I've found a new use for it, so I just sit them both up in it, and then I feed them bottles, but I have to be on the ground to do it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, but we can do it in their dark room with the mood setting and everything, so.
0: I think that uh, in general we see, in the, and you do too, I'm sure, in the office, that during pregnancy so much of the discomfort, if there is any, is lower, low back hips and pelvis, and then, uh, you know, a couple of weeks after birth, it's all just migrates up to neck, shoulders, upper back, mommy neck, and mommy back. I uh, can only imagine with multiple babies. <laughs> that's uh, even more strain in those areas from all the bending, lifting, changing, feeding, bathing.
1: I did definitely come in and get adjusted after birth. I haven't been doing that as often as I should be. But you're like coming to back be. to work. But, yes, I will be back. Soon, and then I can get regular care again more easily. Once you're already parking.
0: Well, Once you're uh, already yeah. parking, you might as well get some self-care. Right. Uh, wow. So time has flown by here. I would say, first of all, looking back for yourself, is there anything you would have done different pregnancy, birth, or postpartum-wise? Or, like, if you did it again, that you would do different next time? By the way, I have a patient right now who's pregnant with twins again. She had twins, and she's having oh, twins again. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She's going to come on the... Um, podcast as well
1: um anything i'd do different um i had a great pregnancy i really enjoyed it not that i necessarily want to do it again i'm really happy with two kids but um i really enjoyed it what would i have done differently
0: maybe nothing i don't know yeah i don't
1: know um i i just i think it's really important to have good help in place so that you can let yourself recover because that's definitely been um part of the reason why i think i'm doing well right now we thought we'd only have our night nurse for like two weeks and then taper off but we ended up keeping her for three plus months
0: yeah (laughs) that makes sense um it's still hard to say goodbye yeah uh you know and that's not always it doesn't have to be necessarily hired help for a lot of people the help postpartum if you have family and friends around you uh oftentimes they want to be helpful but they don't sometimes say, hey, let me take care of this thing for you. So it becomes overwhelming, like, how can I help? And you just can't put it all together. But maybe it's something you can even prethink, or in the moment just be cognizant of taking advantage of that help from your family and take advantage of that help from your friends, even with one baby, but especially with two.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. My synagogue actually um – for We call it life events, mm-hmm. um, which hopefully is giving birth, but it's also for- Both sides. Both sides. Um, and they always set up a meal train. Oh, that's really nice. And so we had that for two weeks plus um, spread out. After that, um, people were bringing us home-cooked meals or, or delivered meals.
0: Extending the train. You got, you got the full Amtrak <laughs> service. <laughs> um,
1: but we don't have family in the area, so we did have to hire help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be so nice if my parents were just here all the time.
0: Yeah. I say that, and I think it would be nice in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, um, uh, any surprises besides – I know you said when your meal came in, that was a big surprise.
1: Any other surprises? I don't know. We just traveled with them across country for the first time, and I was, I was actually – um,
0: How do you do that? Do, do you get one extra seat for the two of them? That's what we it?
1: did. We got three seats um, because we didn't want to both commit to carrying babies the entire time. Yeah. Um, they did surprisingly well i was i I had a lot of anxiousness surrounding the trip, like the few weeks leading up to it, so I was really uber prepared so then even the couple of days before, I was pretty relaxed.
0: Do because... you take milk on the plane with you, yeah, but it's more than three ounces. How do you uh Oh. They, hey, they you tell you you
1: should print out the um the TSA rules before you go because some of the TSA people don't know the rules. Oh, you can take breast milk. But you there's there's no limit to bringing breast milk on as long as it's a reasonable amount, which they don't give you a number for. Do you
0: have to have a baby?
1: You don't because some women go on work trips and pump.
0: I know, but can I bring breast milk mm-hmm. if I'm flying all by myself? Do there, Are the rules specific? Because <laughs> you, you sometimes you just want to bring your milk for cereal, but you, you know. <laughs> all right, anyway.
1: If you put it in pumping bags. Yeah, I'm like,
0: hey, this, sorry, this is, it says right here I can bring it. It's for my checks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got this really cool um, camping bag or hiking bag, and the whole bottom of it's a cooler And then the top park's the regular bag. I looked like I was going on a year-long hike.
0: But you're just going on a quick flight Uh, to Florida. Yeah, basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I carried all my stuff and my pump gear, and um, we had a layover. And they had a nice wellness room halfway through.
0: Oh, wow. You got off the plane and everything? Yeah. Wow.
1: (laughs) Which was kind of a good idea because I'd rather pump in an airport than on a plane. Sure, that makes sense to me. And we let the babies stretch. I put down a blanket, and they stretched out and aired out. So I think it actually worked out well. Amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, Doc, um, we're excited to have you back at work doing your uh, pre- and postnatal wellness care, baby and child wellness care, and uh, family care.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to come back. My your Now pa- I have firsthand knowledge.
0: Yeah. Your patients keep asking, why don't you coming back? Is she coming back? Why don't you come back? So I'm coming back. They'll be excited to know you're coming back. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it must be cool because you've been working on babies for a long time.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two have been adjusted since birth.
0: They have a built-in car. And broker.
1: they're very happy and relaxed. And I don't know if that's why, but
0: <laughs> I think it might it have definitely hasn't hurt your happy, relaxed, mellow approach yeah. to life. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're so happy. Um, I'm grateful. This is my first time hearing your birth story. Uh-huh. I waited because I wanted to hear it for the first mm-hmm. time on the podcast. But um, it's kind of amazing. I think a lot of times people don't realize that there are even choices with how you deliver twins. Uh, oftentimes they're not given any choice. And uh, as always with informed pregnancy, we're not really advocating one choice over the other, but more about knowing what your choices are, having your options presented to you in a kind of a balanced way with the pros and cons as they exist in general and to you specifically. And you being empowered to pick the choices that make the most sense to you and finding support for those choices. So i um, really grateful that you came and shared your story.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. And uh, at home, if you have any questions or you'd like to hear a specific topic, shoot us an email to info at informedpregnancy.com. Whoa! Doctor, doctor, give me the news I got.